0: Good evening. Let's try that again. Good evening. There you go. Cool. Welcome to Tuesday Evening Chapel and our extension of summer, right? You guys been enjoying the nice weather, the warm weather? I have. Well, we have special guests with us this evening. Uh, Dr. John Nels is a longtime minister, administrator through the Church of the Nazarene and he's currently the District Superintendent of the Southwest Native American District, and he's also my father. So would you welcome him and my mother, Juanita. (laughs) He's also a member of the Board of Trustees here at the college, has been a member for approximately 18 years. So um, you need to know that the Board of Trustees are meeting this week. They start their meetings uh, tomorrow afternoon, and which will include also a report from our president. And I want you to invite you, and if you haven't been a part of that, it's a great time to hear from our president. He gets to uh, let us know uh, our state of the college and also uh, the vision uh, for the future here at NBC. So I I, I welcome you. Uh, You're gonna be here, right? Ask the person next to you if they're gonna be here tomorrow. Some of you were honest, some of you had to say maybe, maybe not. Let us all stand together this evening as we start. Let us start with our statement of trust as we say our theme together. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Sometimes, God, we just need to be still. And be embraced by your love. Thank you for loving us so much, God. May we love you in return in our trust and our obedience, God. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated.
1: It's a joy, and honor, and privilege to uh, come before you this evening. Quite a while ago, I got a call and also an email, and then followed by a letter from Chaplain Nails. I knew this—I I knew this name from somewhere. Yeah, it's good to glad to be with him tonight and the rest of you. We have our friends here from uh, Missouri, Dr. Larry and Linda White. We're going to be in board sessions. They're part of the. For the Trustees, we always get together for these wonderful events. John 13. And I'd like to take the half of uh, the first verse as we look into the scriptures tonight. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. I look at that oft times. I have it underscored, I have it highlighted in my Bible. Understanding that John's Gospel to this point has been about uh, the public ministry of Jesus. That now as you will study and as you know John chapter 13 is very significant to the point where he's going to change his focus entirely. He has led, they followed. He has shown them, they saw. His words were so impressive at the point of rise up and walk. Do you believe? Now you see. They saw all that. Now his focus was on the disciples. It is interesting to know that... uh, as John takes account of the upper room experience. This is the longest in the discourse of our our scriptures as we read them and understand them. It is also interesting that now uh, he will again, like I mentioned before, he focuses on them specifically. Love, when you are loved, complete trust follows without any hesitation. When you are love, you will do, you'll go beyond your means. Jesus began to say to them and express this to them. It is interesting to know that the word love appears six times from chapter 1 through chapter 12. Only six times. But from chapters, John chapter 13 to John chapter 17, it appears 31 times. Six times in the previous 12 chapters. 31 times from chapter 13 to chapter 17. And I began to focus in on what he has to say to me. having loved his own who were in the world. As the New King James would put it, he loved them to, and to the end. He loved them to the very end. In this text, I see something that, 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 that is so significant. I trust that you can be encouraged by this tonight as I am. A peculiar description of uh, believers here. Who, who are these? The Scripture very plainly says they are Christ's own. No doubt, this referred to uh, uh, originally to the disciples whom Jesus was with, but is equally applicable to all who shall believe on him, to the end of the word, those who follow him, to our very time, this moment, and to the ministry that you do in your churches and what you are preparing for to do. Jesus loves them. I love I, I love this story, I love the emphasis, I love, maybe that's why I've been on this board for 18, 19 years of Nazarene Bible College, I love this place. You come from different fields, you come from different expertise, you come from different skills, uh, the school of second chance, not only that, but some of you have been professionals and very effective at what you do, but God called. I love the story. I love your story, you stopped along the way, and you said, I hear Jesus calling, and this one who loves me so much that I'm willing to give up what I have, and I'm going to follow. I'm on trust, and I'm going to believe. Previous chapter, John chapter 10, verse 16 says, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also, they too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The very words of Jesus. He understands who these are, we understand about ourselves that we are his own by purchase through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. One who gave himself, he's going to not only verbalize it, he's not going to just do it in miracles in front of them, but he's actually going to walk into it, the rest they will scatter, some will look from a distance afar. Truly, this is what he said and he's acting it out. He loves us so much to go to the very ends for my soul. I love the scriptures, uh, Galatians chapter uh, 3, let me, uh, I had it here a little while ago, Galatians chapter 3 and verse uh, uh, 13, I believe it is, no, verse 14 says, Galatians three fourteen uh, 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 says, he redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus so that by faith we might receive the promise of His Spirit. There's some Navajo, there's an old Navajo medicine man. From the the midst of the Navajo reservation, a place called, we call uh, a Navajo mountain. Navajo Mountain to this very day is the least and the last developed area. There's families and families in that uh, mountainous area, the hills in the center of the reservation called Navajo Mountain, which still do not have running water nor electricity to this very day. There's an old medicine man years ago. He practiced a, Uh, The old traditional ways, ceremonies after ceremony, he's learned all that from his fathers and grandfathers. Peter Gray Eyes had no formal Christian education, not even five minutes in an English classroom. He grew up like that. He, 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 but he was very renowned for his practice, but one day his wife uh, got saved and she began to go to church and she began to hum uh, hymns from church which she was learning. And, and of course Peter Grayeyes, he became curious and said, what are you, what, what's this? After weeks, after a few months, uh, his wife again invited him. Peter Grey Eyes went to church for the first time and hurt about the marvelous love of God. Uneducated, followed sheep on horseback, just did the uh, broadened wood from the hills with axe on a wagon and horses. Peter Grey Grayeyes uh, fell in love with this uh, wonderful message of Jesus Christ, and he gave his entire life over to the Lord, and they were in a revival service, so he went the second night, he went the third night, he went the fourth night. He began to learn that this love of Christ, the love of Jesus, he's never heard this before in any of the practice of the multiplicity of the deities and the religion which he has served, which he knew about in and out, which the, the many, many prayers like uh, the one I have shared this past Sunday, our Navajo prayer would be, beauty before me, beauty above me, beauty behind me, beauty below me, beauty all around me, but the, what was absent was beauty. Beauty within me. Nothing wrong with the prayer seems to be right in its place. But there was no presence of beauty within me. So Peter Grey has began to believe to uh, this entire consec- consecration of themselves to his service. He began to ask questions, what, what do you do next? And he, he, he just like the disciples whom Jesus loved and showed them to the full extent of his love. <laughs> They all recall, they all can give testimonies in a testimony time. I'm pretty sure I remember in in, uh, Matthew chapter 4, verses uh, 18 to 20. Then as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Sounds like some of your testimonies, right? Whatever you were doing, God came. In some way fashion, it came to Peter Gray eyes too. here, going back to the scripture in John, these were the men who followed uh, this miracle worker. Now they were going to learn, and uh, now they 're going to embed a trust factor that will be leading them tomorrow morning. See. The conversation between the father and son is happening this very night for the last time. Tomorrow morning, early hours of the morning, he's going to be led to his crucifixion. To a trial. Trust. It was easy to follow him, but he did the miracles. They can just hide behind and just follow along, but Jesus is really saying, you're going to bear my image and you're going to manifest the Holy Spirit, which is still coming. Christ dwells in them by His Spirit, and to change to, and forming into His image, to His likeness, having the same mind as that of Christ, as Colossians would talk about. He is their example, and He's going to tread, they're going to tread in in their steps. I like it when... uh, the scripture talks about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost coming upon believers and then they, they actually act it out, they actually walk the walk from there on, though they might be learned or unlearned. Remember, I said Peter Grey eyes only had not, not even any English whatsoever. Similarly to that, when the Holy Ghost came upon the apostles, now in Acts chapter 4, verse 13, when they saw the courage of Peter and John, Acts 4:13, and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, it doesn't mean you live in B.C. either. You need to be schooled. They were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Wow. Complete trust. On the fourth night of that revival, Peter Gray Eyes, a medicine man, converted. Somebody gave him a Bible, a Navajo Bible, and uh, translated it into our language. And, and he began to carry it on the third night. On the fourth night, when the revival did, he enjoyed it again, uh, he went home with his uh, wife, and that night, a strange visitor came. It was an owl. See, to the Navajo, our our traditional belief to this very day, it is true that an owl is a bad omen. It means death. It means some tragic, serious accident is going to happen. And here outside Peter Gray Eyes, a converted medicine man, a new believer in Christ, he practiced in a lot of ways. And owl is to be feared. One hooted outside his hogan, hooted twice, three times, and another joined from another side, another owl. Within so much time, this is really extraordinary. The messenger of death, the omens, not only was there one, by this time, he said he counted something like 22, 24 owls that came. In a traditional Navajo belief, this is serious, people. Fear came upon him, and he even began to say in his mind, if God loves me so much, how could he bring this to me? But at the same instant, he said, God's love is so great, he's transformed me to the point, I'm going to totally trust in this Christ. That night, he took his Navajo Bible out, Walked out, he was afraid a little bit, but he began to speak to the owls. Because he also was sender of these owl witching people. He came out of that. So that night he began testifying to these owls at night and saying, people, I don't know who sent you and why you're here for, I know what you're here for. But let me tell you about this Jesus i 've never experienced this in my life, so in, 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 never before his love is so great he died for me, and, and what you plead, he began to preach to these owls that gathered, he began to testify of god 's marvelous love, and he said i 'm going to trust and believe in him to the very end. until I die you don 't have any business coming around here and as he began to plead the blood of Jesus and call on the name of the Lord. The owls began to flutter away, one by one. Peter Gray Ice became a minister, a pastor, until he expired at the age of 88 years old. Can you trust? Can you believe and obey? You are not, we are not on our own. Heaven loved his own, which is you and I, who were in the world. He showed them the full extent of his love. Yes, he went to the cross for you and I. He went to the cross for Peter Grayeyes. The owls came, but his love for Peter was so great that he began to testify of what God can do. Can you trust and believe? Heavenly Father, we come to this chapel at the end of a busy, busy day. But we are going to be encouraged as we leave this place that the one who loves us, the one who called us, the one who beckoned us is the same one that came to Peter Gray Eyes in Navajo Mountain, Arizona, near the Utah border, in the middle of the Navajo reservation. And you told Peter Gray Eyes, Come, follow me. I love you. And I'm going to do much more for you. And we're going to trust and totally obey. As we fulfill and as we follow his complete, compelling, and we will trust and obey. Amen. Amen.